Welcome, listeners, to The Bug's Labyrinth, where I will guide you through the maze of secrets that make up our world. I am your host. You can call me The Bug if you must call me anything. A list of all applicable trigger warnings have been provided in the episode notes of every episode. If any topics are of any concern to you, please take care of yourself and skip this episode. We'll be right here for you next time. So, welcome to the labyrinth. I will be your guide. The Old God of the Woods Entity Classification ID GCIH-000 Status of Entity Identified Classification of Entity Creature First Instance of Entity 1600s Date of Event December 15th, 2020 Date of Statement January 3rd, 2023. Victim of event, Derek Hansen. Assumed awe. The woods, the old. Do you like the holidays? It's an odd thing. Christmas time is supposed to be a time of joy and laughter, a light in the deep darkness of winter. But all it takes is one bad thing to ruin the magic forever. I know so many people that avoid the season as a whole. They have good reason to, but I never understood it. The holidays always brought me so much joy, even now as an adult. My father spends months covering every square inch of the yard in lights. It drives our neighbors crazy, but that never stopped him. In fact, it might have been even more of a reason for him to do it. Not only that, but it's always been a tradition to go out to one of those big old tree farms to get the biggest tree we could without spending a fortune, just to lug it back home and get pine needles and sap everywhere. (laughs) I swear, pine needles are worse than glitter. Mom once suggested we get a fake tree from the store to save on the hassle, but that idea was shot down real quick. We wouldn't go to just any tree farm either. My father always insisted the closer we were to the mountains, the better the tree would be. I don't know where he got that, but we loved the tradition of it. The drive, the stops for hot cocoa, running through the farm in the snow, getting to choose the tree. You know, we made a competition out of it, my siblings and I. Whoever picked the tree Dad liked the most would get to open their presents first on Christmas morning. Yeah, well, my mother got sick last year. Real sick. I'll spare you the unsavory details, but she was getting old, so everyone pitched in to take care of her. My father was in a bad way when she got sick. He wasn't himself anymore. Empty. Like he was a ghost haunting his own house. I really noticed it when there weren't as many lights out in the yard. The traditions were getting hard for them. Seeing them like that, it it made me so sad. 
But instead of wallowing, I decided that I would go out to get the tree. It was late in the season when I decided on it, and when I asked my siblings to cover me, they seemed ecstatic at the idea. We had all but resigned to the fact that we would have to get a fake tree if we were going to get one at all, so going out to get one was an exciting idea. I mean, I'm the oldest. Making Christmas special for my family is something I've been doing my entire life. So I left my kids with my siblings at our parents' house and set off to get a tree. I tried my best to make it feel special for myself. I turned up the Christmas music on the radio, stopped for hot chocolate, and started up the winding mountain. It was already dark when I left, the sun setting around 5 p.m. now that it was December and all. You know, it felt like my headlights didn't reach as far as they usually would. I even tried turning on my brights, but it hardly made a difference. I shrugged it off, of course. It was snowing out, and I didn't feel like getting out of my car to make sure everything was all right. I could see well enough, so I just kept driving. I reached the first tree farm after about an hour, but as I pulled up, all the lights shut off. And as I got out of the car, the old man working the tree farm pulled the gate shut. I tried to talk to him, but he just looked at me like, well, (laughs) like he'd seen a ghost. I'll be the first to admit it was late, but when I got back in my truck, the clock only read 6.15, which is hardly a normal time to close up for the day. So anyway, I kept driving. There are about four tree farms up the road, so surely one of them would be open or at least kind enough to let me buy a tree off of them. But one after another, no matter how hard I tried, they all turned me away. I even tried to tell them I'd pay double for a tree, but it didn't matter. It was like... It was like they were scared of something. Like they knew something bad was coming and were doing everything they could to make sure they wouldn't be there for it. Now, if you're someone who's lived near or around the mountains for any amount of time, you know there are certain rules that you have to pay attention to. Never go out alone, never whistle. If you hear someone calling your name, no you didn't. The usual suspects. I had never been superstitious. But something about being up in those woods at night made me go through each of the rules I'd been taught in my head. When I finally got to the last tree farm, it was completely deserted. No lights were on, no cars were in the lot, and when I walked up to the gate, it read, Closed for an emergency. Happy holidays. I was really frustrated at this point. I had driven for hours with no luck, and I'd have to go back to the house empty-handed. The snow was really coming down by now, so I turned to get back in my truck, but when I did, I saw something out in the woods. As I said, I am not a superstitious man, so my first thoughts were that it was some kind of deer or or maybe even a worker from the farm, so I called out. I asked if there was anyone there and waited for a response. The thing I saw, the figure, looking back, it was huge, almost as tall as the pine trees that surrounded me on either side of the road. I should have driven away right then. It was so quiet. The type of quiet where you could almost hear the snow fall and touch the ground. I was straining my ears so hard when I heard a twig snap behind me I nearly jumped out of my skin. When I turned to see what made the noise, a large deer walked out from the tree line. But this wasn't a normal deer. I'm no stranger to the woods, but this thing was massive. It could have been mistaken for an elk or even a moose, but it looked every bit like a normal deer. Its antlers were... massive. 
like the branches of a spindling tree. I breathed out a sigh of relief when I saw it, but I took a step back when I really took in the size of it. It looked double my height, and I'm not a small man. It looked at me with such wide eyes. I swear it looked like it was sizing me up, like it was deciding what to do with me. God, I was just frozen, staring at the massive thing in front of me, but I knew my truck was just a little ways behind me, so I thought all I'd have to do was run, start the engine, and drive away. I must have gone over that plan a dozen times while I stood there, while it watched me. Then it... it got up and started to stand on its hind legs like it was only on all fours to pretend to be a deer. And somehow, as it stood, it got even larger, and its fur got even longer, and its neck tilted back at such an awkward angle, and its mouth opened to several rows of jagged teeth, and I heard the most blood-curdling sound I've ever heard, like a child's scream mixed with the wailing of animals. That's what shocked me out of my frozen state. I don't think I realized I could scream. Maybe I was scared of making any more noise than I had to, but I turned and I ran. I ran as fast as I could, but the light snowfall had turned practically into a blizzard, so I I must have gotten turned around. I couldn't see my truck and the sheets of snow that were coming down, and the sound of that scream droning on behind me stopped me from forming any proper thoughts, so I just ran. I just kept slipping on the snow and tearing my skin up on the branches, my whole body stinging painfully in the cold. Every time I tried to stop to breathe, I heard the scream grow louder and the sound of rapid footsteps getting closer. It sounded like there was a damn stampede behind me. But every time I looked back, all I got was a glimpse of the hulking shape barreling towards me faster than anything its size should have been able to. But at some point, I just had to stop. My legs were burning and my lungs couldn't take the strain of the cold. Miraculously, I found a small cove covered in roots and bushes that I could hide in. I don't think it saw me, but as soon as I hid, the screaming stopped, and the footsteps slowed down to a walk. No. Not a walk. A slow, stalking pace. I could hear it come up to where I was. Its heavy breath coming off in clouds of steam I could see through the roots and leaves. It was trying to smell me. To find where I went. It was so close to me I I could smell it. A mix of putrid body odor and mud. Something that smelled so old. As if it had been living in the woods for much longer than humans had been around. Like moss, and blood, and smoke. I don't know how long I laid there, shriveled up in the snow like a bug under a rock. But no matter how long I waited, no matter how hard I prayed, I could still hear it walking, still smell its stench. I couldn't take it anymore. My fingers were still and cold, growing with hyperthermia, and all I could think about was getting home to my kids, seeing another Christmas. There was no way I was going to die there. I wasn't going to let this damn thing kill me. So I started ramping myself up. I thought to myself, at the count of three, 
I would get up and run. I breathed on my hands to warm them up. One. I thought of my kids tearing through wrapping paper on Christmas morning. Two. I remembered my parents growing old together. Three. I got up to my feet, and even though they stung and pulsed with the pain from the frost, I ran. The creature screamed out again and began to chase me. I don't know how, it must have been the adrenaline, but I outran the thing. My feet slipping on the icy ground nearly slammed me into the side of my truck. I tell you, the pain I felt trying to get my key in the ignition was some of the worst I'd ever felt. But I did it, and my god, I drove home as quickly as I could. Lord knows I should have gotten into an accident or pulled over for how fast I was going in that snowstorm. Consider it a Christmas miracle or dumb luck, but I made it home. I collapsed on my front porch in the dim light of morning, but my god, I made it home. I didn't tell anyone what I saw. I just told them my truck broke down and I got lost in the woods trying to find help. I lost three toes and the tips off of two fingers, but that's a small price to pay for getting to see my family again. We moved to Florida after that, and I'm never going into those damn woods again. Christmas traditions be damned. There have been hundreds of reports of entity GCIH-000, this being the most recent. Many attempts have been made by Institute staff to detain and dispose of entity GCIH-000, but none have been successful. Entity GCIH-000 cannot be filmed or photographed, so Institute personnel survey areas entity GCIH-000 have been spotted. holidays from everyone here at The Bugs Labyrinth. The Bugs Labyrinth is an Amsel TV production. This episode was written, recorded, directed, and edited by Amsel T. Vance. Manuscripts were edited by Avery K. Rayner. Audio consultant, Danny B. Places and names have been changed for the privacy of all involved. Safety is the most important thing to us, and we will never compromise that. Follow us on Twitter, at Bugs Labyrinth, for updates and if you need to contact us. Rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best way to help us out and get our story out there. And support our Patreon to help us keep making cool stuff. Until next time, stay safe, listeners. Listeners.